0: sassy and Save podcast on three one two three sassy, sassy and Save podcast. podcast real talk nation what's up you already know what it is you already know who it is drop it in just to let you know this episode was sponsored by the wonderful patrons of the sassy and Save podcast if you would like to partner with us and become a patron check out the episode notes below Real Talk Nation! What's up? It's your girl T back again with another episode of the Sassy and Safe Podcast. We are in part two of our Win From Within series. Today's episode is called Get Your Weight Up. I'm calling you to a higher level of thinking. When you were a child, you thought like a child, you spoke like a child, and you reasoned like a child. It's time to put away childish things. So if you're with it, let's talk about it. We're trying to raise women that understand that they can be classy, they can be beautiful, they can be petty, they can be smart, they can be knowledgeable, they can be independent. We are a new generation of women. We are not conformed or confined by everything that society has placed out for us. We're breaking out of the mold and creating something new for ourselves. We are Sassy and Safe Baby. Alright, real talk nation. Alright, alright. Um to be honest, I struggled with this word. God gave it to me about a week ago. Week ago. Tennis, how did the song go? I don't remember. Anyways, God gave it to me about a week ago, and I'm deciding to record it today. And I've been waiting and waiting and waiting until I got it in full totality. And just now I got it in full totality. So I'm ready to deliver this word It's this it's a little it's a little difficult it's a little cutthroat some people might get their feelings hurt but if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter you saw that I posted that in 2019 I cannot screen the word anymore I cannot I cannot I cannot omit the word sometimes God will give me a word and I say God this, this is too harsh you know people on social media are sensitive you can tweet or post the sky is blue and somebody will still fix their mouth and say that you're talking about them so i was screening the words but i said in this 2019 i made myself a promise that i'm not gonna do that anymore if we are offended then the word was for you so here i am with this this word that the lord has given to me entitled get your weight up you know we are still in our series Win from within where we are glowing up in all areas from in all areas of our lives and last week we talked about the way we speak and we put away childish things our theme scripture is first Corinthians 13 11 which reads when I was a child I thought like a child I talked like a child and I reasoned like a child but when I became a man I put away childish things Another version reads, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things, amen, amen so we are putting away the childish things because we believe here at the real talk nation that whatever we do in january whatever we start in january the roots we build in january are the foundation for the rest of the year and like i said last week we talked about the way we speak and we put away some childish things in the way we speak a lot of people wrote me different testimonies i saw a lot of people reposting retweeting and everything like that i'm happy that y'all feel the word i'm happy that y'all understood that we cannot be talking negative in these streets The enemy and his agents are waiting for us to slip up to catch a word and use it against us in the next season. And I'm so glad we are past, we are past the childish talk. But today I want to talk about another way in which we are childish. Like Paul said, when he was a child, he thought and reasoned like a child in addition to how he spoke. And I feel like Christians today, we think and reason like children. (laughs) bold statement, you might say, but for real, I really feel like we think and reason like children. We are currently in A revival and you may not see it yet but I believe that we are currently in a revival today more than ever we have young people Millennials as young as 13 years old all the way up to 30 and beyond deciding to follow Christ laying down their lives to walk with Christ preaching teaching the gospel spreading God's Word around the world this has never happened before do your homework Every single revival that has happened thus far has been with old people, (laughs) okay, not old people, but not people as young as us. And I think it's beautiful because if you look at the Bible, a lot of the people that God used, they were young. Esther, Joseph, David, to name a few, all of them, they were young people. They were actually millennials and God used them so mightily. And we read about their stories today and we're inspired. Not putting together the connection of how big a move can be when a young person is leading it. And trust me, I love it. I love that all of us millennials, in addition to being bosses and entrepreneurs, men and female, we are deciding to live a life devoted to Christ. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But we're moving a little childish, don't you think? You may not understand where I'm coming from. I mean, I'm commending us, but I'm also ripping us at the same time. But listen, stay with me. The way we're moving childish is we lack what the older generation had i mean right now even though this millennial revival is currently going on in different parts of the world which is amazing the older heads the deacons and a lot of the elders in the church are really reluctant about about this millennial revival in so much as we're stepping up and wanting to take on positions and do things for god many of those before us are reluctant to let us And don't get me wrong, some of it is just insecurity because they're scared that we come in to take their position. But I've learned to put myself in the shoes of others. You know I'm a communications major and we always talk about how communication is not simply what you say but how people receive it. That causes me to be on both ends of the spectrum whenever I'm producing something. And I feel like it's sort of changed the way that I think about things. Now, whenever I get into conflict or whenever a situation arises, even though I may have my own opinion and my own feelings, I still am not quick to disregard the other persons. I try to put myself in their shoes and understand what the reason is. And if we think about it, it may not make sense. If we all have the same goal, we're all trying to advance the kingdom of God, we're all trying to spread the gospel, and we're doing it whilst we're young, why would you be mad? Wouldn't you be happy? Isn't that what you want us to do? All these years when you've taken us to church as your children, waking us up on Sunday mornings we ain't even want to go, making us pray before we eat and everything like that. And finally, finally, we're doing it. We're doing everything that you've been asking us to do for so long, everything that you've been teaching, yet still now that we're ready to stand up and carry the baton you're reluctant to give it to us. And like I said, some of it is insecurity, that's right, but some of it I feel like is they feel like we're not ready. And at first I didn't understand it. But more and more with each passing day, I realized that they're kind of right. One of the things that the older heads did, I probably shouldn't call them older heads. That's disrespectful. Let's call them veterans, veterans. One of the things that the veterans did is they tarried in the presence of God. I don't know about y'all, but my grandma, she can pray. (laughs) Like She can pray. She can spend her whole day praying. For as long as I've known her, she's been a prayer warrior, even now in her old age, even now, when I I would assume that she's at the most fragile part of her life, where she needs rest more now than ever. She wakes up every morning at 4 a.m. to lead her prayer line, every morning, without fail. She don't miss it. And my grandpa, God bless his soul. Rest in peace, G. Before he went on to be with Jesus, he was always in church. So many people that are listening to this podcast right now, if they know him personally, they know who I'm talking about. Shout out to Daddy Frank. He was always in church, giving somebody a word of wisdom, teaching somebody something. He just loved being in church. Actually, up until his very last breath, his job was to lock the church every night. And every night, no matter where he was, he would make sure that he left to go and lock the church. I'm talking my 80-something-year-old grandpa, ladies and gentlemen. He would come to my house in Brampton. If you don't live in a GTA, your geography might be off, but you can Google it. He would come to my house in Brampton just to spend time with the family, you know. And he would sit there and we would watch movies and he would dance and laugh because he was really lively like that. And it could be 1 a.m. And my mom, of course, would be like, Dad, stay over, sleep. You can't go home. You can't drive this late at night. You're too old. And he would say, no, I have to go and lock the church. And even the times that he really, really, really wanted to stay, he would make sure he would call someone to do it for him. And if nobody could do it, I kid you not, this 80-something-year-old man would jump in a car, drive all the way to Toronto, down Steeles, lock the church, and drive back to Brampton just so he could spend time with the family. Now, you know us millennials, we ain't doing that today. Gas is expensive, we didn't got the money. Are they paying us? Where am I supposed to replenish it? And so I admire the veterans because they had a revelation that we that we today don't today everybody's a minister of the gospel everybody's a preacher on instagram i mean you don't even have to struggle back in the day you really had to struggle to find content creative content creative christian content i mean like even 10 years ago i know y'all doing that 10-year challenge can we talk about the 10-year challenge of how easy it is to find christian content today 10 years ago i was in what grave nine. It was so difficult to find Christian content. I wasn't even saved, but if I was looking for Christian content, I definitely wouldn't find it on social media. But now you scroll through your timeline, you probably see about three preaching videos before you get to the end. At least. You don't even have to follow them. They will pop up on your explore page, even on pages of the quote unquote world, places where culture is dominant, the shade room and all that, they still post sermons up there. Christian content is so easy to come by now. And that's amazing. That shows that we are a part of the culture and we are affecting the culture. And that's something I definitely don't wanna stop. But the issue is, there's too many empty preachers. And that's it. You see, the veterans, they would tarry in the presence of God. They would go to, you. they wouldn't miss an all night prayer they wouldn't miss a conference. Let them hear anything that was happening at church and they would be there because they were hungry. They were hungry for God. They were hungry in a different way. And I don't know what the reason is because some may even argue they were living out of re- religion and not relationship, but one thing they were is hungry. And that, and don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that we're not hungry today because we are, But the, but I feel like the modern disciple has become lazy. There's too many of us lazy Christians. I've been prepping and praying since about September of last year for this year of Sassy and Saved movement. Last year I saw what God was doing with Sassy and Saved and I realized that it's bigger than what I had envisioned for it. So I took the last quarter of the year to make sure that I'm praying and seeking God to hear hear from him and know what exactly his word was for 2019. And the word was deeper. God was simply calling me to go deeper. To go deeper in him and I trust me, I'm not the best. I'm not I'm not the greatest. I I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest. I still have a long way to go. And I don't I don't take for granted that people look up to me. I'm very very honored. I'm very humbled by it, but I know that I have a long way to go. And since he gave me that word, I've been I've really been thinking about it. Like thinking about it like the veterans how 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 committed how hungry they are for the anointing but i feel like new age i feel like the modern disciple is so comfortable ministering without anointing and it's scary it's scary because we are next in line The revival is happening now and right now we may not see it, we may not realize it because the veterans are still around, but soon they'll fade out because time will catch up to them and they will go and be with our Father in heaven and we will be on top. We will be the foundation of the church. We will be the deacons and the elders and we'll have young people looking up to us and we'll have young people looking up to us looking to us to guide them to teach them to pass the baton up to to pass the baton on to them and right now it may seem like we're winning as christians because the revival is happening and trust me we are but doesn't it feel like satan is kind of letting us win right now i don't know about you but i feel like satan's really been like quiet like he's not really doing much I know in our personal lives, everybody gets banged up a little bit here and there, but as a body, if you look throughout history, Satan has been attacking the church. I'm not going to tell you everything. You could go do research, but Satan has never stopped attacking the church. And this is my point of view. I may be wrong. I'm not saying that you have to listen to it or anything, but I feel like right now, Satan is really quiet in terms of the church. Like he's really not attacking the church as a body. He's really not. Like we, I feel like people are just living and who knows, I may be wrong. But I feel like if we're really making the impact social media makes it look like we're making as millennials, everywhere you go, you see a millennial church, everywhere you go, you see a millennial on fire for Christ, everywhere you go, you see a millennial ministering. If we're really really making that impact in the world, I feel like Satan would be doing a little more. I don't know. I feel like people are just living. He is not attacking cities that are making impact. He is not attacking the church as a body. The church is just allowed. The church is being and 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 I and I want to call you to a higher level of thinking. I mean, that's what the scripture says, right? Put away childish things. Stop reasoning like a child. Stop thinking like a child because when Satan is quiet, it's never a good thing. Think about it now more than ever before young people satan uses young people to do his destruction he uses young people to live a life of darkness that's why he takes us to clubs that's why he he makes sure that we're molested that's why he introduces us to sex at a young age that's what he does he tries to get you when you're young so you live a life of bondage and and young people right now are living a life for christ okay young people right now are are preaching the gospel young people right now are are leaders of churches and leaders of christian movements and Satan is quiet. He's not attacking the church as a body and it's in a major way. He's just letting us do that. I mean, now more than ever before, Christian content is available on YouTube, on podcasts, on Instagram, Facebook. Everywhere you go, you see Christian content. and And he's just okay with that? Christian content is being moved into culture. Every time I sign on to my Instagram, I see a post even from people I don't follow on my explore page. On Twitter, Twitter is filth, y'all. On Twitter, you have bare Christian tweets and people retweeting it and saying it's cool with that. I don't think so. I feel like I feel like right now we think we're winning, but we're not really winning. And it really began to burden me. So I began to pray and seek God. Like why is Satan so quiet? Why is he not attacking the church? If the revival is as popping as we see it, if people are actually living for Christ like this, if millennials are actually taking over, why is he not attacking us? Why is he just letting us live? Why is he just letting us be successful? Why is he why is he just letting this happen? Saying don't do that is always trying to ruin us. And I realized after lots of prayer that it's because we lack oil. Young people, we are lazy as Christians today. We don't have the same tenacity and the same drive that our forefathers, that the veterans had to tarry in the presence of God. We read one devotional on our YouVersion app and that's it for the day. We pray for 10 minutes and that's enough. Thank you, God, for today. I pray that you bless me as I go out, protect me, put a hedge of protection around me. I thank you for health. I thank you for my family. I pray protection over their lives. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, in this day, in this week, in this year. Amen. And that's it. When, our, when the veterans used to pray for hours, they used to fast like they were crazy. 10, 20, 30 odd something days without food. They used to do crazy things for the oil. They used to manifest the healing power of God on sight. That's like I'm that's like somebody walks in limping, they walk out with they walk out fine. I walk in with crutches, I walk out without them. In today's young churches, in today's society, we see less and less a movement of the power of God. We hear about God and his goodness. We are taught the gospels, but less and less we are seeing the manifested power of God, and it's because nobody wants to fast. Nobody wants to, to, to deprive themselves. Nobody wants to kill their flesh. Nobody wants to, to spend time tarrying in the presence of God. We, we live in an instant generation. Everything is, has become instant, instant prayer, instant faith, instant, instant everything. We are also focused on fulfilling purpose, I'll give us that. We wanna fulfill purpose more than anything and that is so important. Y'all don't get me wrong, you want to fulfill purpose, but understand that we are the church. And as the church, I feel like we're not gonna do it justice if we don't get it together. It's time that we get our weight up. It's time that we fast and pray. We need to fast. We need to pray. We need to perform deliverance. We need to perform healings. We need to manifest the power of God. We need to see miracles the same way the believers were acting, the same way. The disciples were moving in the Bible acts of the apostles, the same way we ought to be moving today. What has changed? We say he's the ancient of days. and we believe that book. We say that it's truth. So what has changed? What's the difference between Peter and us? What's the difference between Paul and us? ain't nothing changed but the time the same way that the holy spirit and power was able to come upon them if we believe that that book is true then we must believe that the same way that the holy spirit and power was able to come upon them is the same way it should be able to come upon us but when you read between the lines and actually study the scriptures you realize the key ingredient was the holy spirit the key ingredient was the oil they tarried you know after jesus left In the gospel, the last line, all of them, all four versions, he tells them that he is leaving, but he's sending them out to go and preach the gospel to nations. That was their assignment. But as we read in Acts, before they were even able to do that, he told them to go and wait on the Holy Spirit. And so they waited in a room and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed until tongues of fire fell upon them. They prayed until they received an anointing before they were even able to go out and preach. Because we're so comfortable operating in our gifts, we won't take the time to wait on the anointing. The gifts of God are without repentance. So yes, you may be a really good singer and you may be singing for the Lord and thinking that you're doing something because you're ministering from nation to nation as a singer, but you are just a singer until you have the anointing. And I've been talking about it so much lately. I'm doing a webinar on it. I'm releasing it very soon because I'm telling you, this has really literally been the word in my spirit, the word in my heart for a couple months now. So you see it all over my Instagram. You see it all over my Twitter. But I need us to understand the difference between anointing and gift. The gifts of God are without repentance. A gift is an innate ability to do something. It comes naturally. It comes easy to you. You can improve or you can improve or make your gift better with knowledge, with practice, with teaching. So say for example, I'm a singer. I'm not, I can't sing a note to save my life, but if I was a singer, a really good one, I could still improve that gift by getting vocal lessons, by constantly pushing my limits, by constantly pushing my range. Range, that's a thing in singing, right? I don't know anything about singing. Because it's a gift. But even if I don't do any of those things, I can still operate at a very high level because it's a gift. Even if I never take a vocal lesson in my life, even if I don't push myself to improve my range, even if I don't practice, I can probably still perform when the spotlight is on because it's a gift. It's innate, it's in me, it comes naturally. And people would be entertained and people, and people would be ministered to and people would be blessed and people would be entertained. So I may think that I'm doing something amazing and maybe I am, but I'm not doing it with anointing. And if you're okay with that, then that's cool. But anointing, anointing as the Bible says, breaks the yoke. The anointing makes a person change from one way to another way anointing breaks the yoke. If we want to see people free from bondage, if we want to see chains broken and shackles and shackles loosed, if we want to see lives transformed, we need to operate in anointing. We need the anointing. Gift is not enough. I can teach until my face is blue and people will be ministered to and people may be blessed and they may even learn something new. But if I do it without anointing, nobody will change. And if we're being kingdom minded, we understand that the whole point of everything we do is so that people will change. It's so that they will be taken from the wide path onto the narrow path. It's so that they will be inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. That is the purpose for everything we do. And if it's not the purpose for what you do, then you ain't in the right field. As a minister, as a leader, as a disciple of Christ, your main fo- your main focus, your main goal every single day should be to win souls for Christ. The reason you have the gifts you have, your whole purpose, everything that you were sent on earth to do is to win souls for Christ yes everybody because everybody is called yes i said it everybody is called come and beat me like every single person is called it depends what you define as being called or how you qualify being called for you to understand it some people don't think they're called because they think being called means only if you're preaching means if you're a pastor of a mega church uh, not everybody's gonna do that but you're still called you if as long as you are a disciple of christ you are called called to do something called for some purpose and called to advance the kingdom in some way so everybody is called thank you very much whether you're called within the four walls of church or outside of the four walls of church your purpose is always to win souls for Christ you may be called, that means you could be called to be a business tycoon, you may be called to be somebody that is highly influential in the marketplace with Christian faith, but your purpose for being there is to be the light in the marketplace. Your purpose for being there is to let your life so shine, Bible says, before men in the marketplace so that they may see your good deeds when you fund Christian projects, when you donate to charities, when you use your wealth or whatever you're your building, your wealth, or your, your wealth or your credibility or whatever you've built in the marketplace. They may see those good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven the same way as if you are in the church within the four walls called to preach to God people call to equip god's people so that they may go out into the marketplace inside the church your purpose no no matter what whatever it may be is to let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and do what glorify your father in heaven so no matter who you are No matter who you are, what you're called to do, what office you're in, all of that, what office you're in, what title, what position you have, all of that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the root of every single one of us as disciples of Christ is to win souls for the kingdom of God. No matter what, the purpose for each and every one of us as disciples of Christ is to advance the kingdom of God. Whether you're funding, whether you're winning souls, whether you're preaching, whether you're teaching, evangelizing. The purpose for every one of us is to advance the kingdom of God. And we do that through gift, different gifts and different offices. Be you a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet, an apostle your job is to advance the kingdom of God and I'm really really worried about the next generation that which is coming after us because too many of us are operating are ministering from a place of gift we have charisma and we're able to speak and all of a sudden we call ourselves a minister we have a good singing voice we can sing a couple notes so we think we a singer we can we can release a gospel album and just be done and don't get me wrong those things are good they edify the kingdom but we do not prepare before we go or even if if we prepare before we go, once we're there, we don't do what we need to do to maintain the anointing. We don't do what we need to do to increase the anointing, to grow, to go from strength to strength, to go from glory to glory. We don't accumulate fresh oil so we operate out of old reserves and people aren't being affected. So we're in these positions for pretty much nothing. Or what be it but very very few of us are operating from a place of anointing and so I'm calling you to a higher level of thinking ladies and gentlemen put away the childish things no more no more can you be complacent no more can you be okay with being a surface level Christian I Know you probably think I'm weird, like why would she want the church to be attacked? Is she okay? But I'm telling you, when you're making impact, people try to stop you. If there's no opposition, you're not saying nothing. Like when you see the news and you see things coming, like oh, some, some, some attack against Christians, some, some, some attack against disciples of Christ, that means you know, yeah, we in the game. Like that's when you know we doing it, we running in it. That's when you know. The devil ain't scared of any of us because we have no power and let me tell you something the devil knows the devil knows that we cannot win the world for christ with good teaching he knows we can't win the world for christ with good evangelizing he knows we can't good we he knows we can't even win the world for christ with good preaching even if you are the most accurate prophet on earth you still can't win the world for christ because somebody will be skeptical Mr. and Mrs. Apostle, you can go from nation to nation preaching the message of revival. In the moment, you may pull a crown, but you you still cannot win the world for Christ with just that. The thing that will win the world for Christ is the power of God. Revisit your Bible. Acts of the Apostles. Many of the early believers were won through the manifesting power of God. They said they were able to physically see that handkerchiefs that had simply been on Peter were able to heal people. They were able to see them cast out demons. They were able to see them perform, they were able to see them healing and perform miracles and people came to them. Yes, some people were intrigued by teaching. Yes, some people were intrigued by preaching. Yes, some people probably were intrigued by evangelism and so on and so forth. But the thing that drew people and kept them was the manifesting power of God. And in today's big C church as an institution, we see that less and less. So I'm calling you Christian millennial to get your weight up. If in 2019 you're not ready to go deeper, I don't know what nation you're part of, but it's not the Real Talk Nation. Listen, I am not coming on this podcast in 2019 to talk to you about God wants to use you, to talk to you about your gifts are not for you, to talk to you about faith over fear if by now you don't know that i cannot help you like in 2019 if that's still the type of word that you need this is not the podcast for you in 2019 i'm calling people to go deeper i'm talking you should be fasting at least once a week what's the reason i'm talking to people that understand that they are too hungry to eat you gotta be so hungry for the kingdom of god I'm literally too hungry to eat. I can't afford to eat because I'm too hungry to see power of God manifest. I'm too hungry to eat. I'm talking to people that are ready to study the word, like. I cannot believe in 2019 you're still reading scriptures for face value. I cannot. You can't convince me that you actually call yourself a disciple of Christ and you read your scriptures face value. Like, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I can't believe you call yourself a disciple of Christ. You believe that you're called and you're called to do great things and you're reading scriptures face value. I cannot believe it. Why are you not studying the word? What's the reason? Like, I cannot. I can't. Ah, I can't believe it. I can't. I cannot. Why are you not studying the word? Why are you not translating to the to, to, to the original versions? Why are you not exegizing the text? Why are you not Googling hermeneutics and trying to figure out what the original re- meaning was? Why are you not doing character studies? Why are you not researching the writer of that book and researching what they were doing in that time and what it actually meant? Why do you not have a Bible dictionary? Like, Why are you still reading face You've been reading scriptures you you've been reading scriptures at face value feet my cheese even coming since the days of john the baptist and still today in 2019 you're just reading scriptures word for word face value you're not doing any sort of study of the bible like huh no no I'm talking to people that understand spiritual warfare, that with all the things going on behind the scenes, that understand that all the things going on in the spiritual realm, I can't afford to not have a prayer life. Like, what'd that even look like? What do you mean you don't pray? What do you mean you don't pray? Or you pray for 10 minutes, what's that gonna do? What's that gonna do? Do demons sleep? Where they do that at? I'm talking to people that are trying to labor in prayer, that are reading their Bible, not on Sunday, not on Sunday when it shows up on the projector, but actually taking the time to sit in their room, crack it open. How long will you be reading a devotional a day? There's nothing wrong with devotionals. Don't get me wrong. I read them too. But they are supposed to supplement in addition to what you are reading on your own time, not in place of. How long will you be living off somebody else's revelation? Open your Bible. When are you going to open your Bible and catch the word for yourself? Ladies and gentlemen, get your weight up. Put away the childish things. It's 2019. We cannot afford to be still living surface level Christians. And so you go to church a couple times a week. You raise your hands. You say a prayer. You're living righteous and you think that's it? Mature in Christ. If you... If you consider yourself a mature Christian and you are spending less than 2.4 hours a day with Christ, I don't rate you. (laughs) That is the minimum, but it should be more. Because because think about it. If you're trying to change a generation, if you're trying to save the world, two hours is not enough. That's the minimum. You want to win souls for Christ and you're not praying one hour? You wanna win souls for Christ and you don't fast? You wanna win souls for Christ and you're not praying? One hour? One? One? So, 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 so watch so watch this. You're gonna come toe to toe with a demon. And the demon's gonna laugh at you you saw it in the bible that's how some of us look in the spirit right now demons are literally chuckling like we think we're advancing because we see in the natural that we are being promoted and we are being put in positions we are being put in positions where the enemy should in his right mind fear us but he doesn't because we are a joke we're not weighty in the spirit so And so he'll let us, he'll let us hold those titles and let us hold these positions and make us think that we're doing something, but he's actually silent because he knows that even when you get there, you can't do nothing. So he'll allow you to get to that position. He won't stop you, no, because heaven forbid he stops you and somebody with actual oil gets there, then his plans will really be ruined. But he'll let you advance in church or he'll let you advance in society. People will be calling you and asking you to do shows and he'll let you do all of that because he knows that people will be entertained, but they won't be changed. They'll scream and cheer and receive it and sing all the amens possible, but they'll go home and live their double life. They'll go home and still be dealing with lust. They'll go home and still be depressed. So yeah, you can have your position because you're not doing much. Get your weight up. It's time to put aside childish things. It's time to lay aside childish things you see the azusa street revivals and the and the toronto blessing it's a revival and right now we have this millennial revival we don't know what it's called yet but i'm sure it'll be named something soon but we're not doing much because we're not weighty. get your weight up ladies and gentlemen Uh, commit to tithing your time to god 10 percent of 24 hours 2.4 hours a day you can start small until you get there no one's saying you got to get up and all of a sudden do two hours you don't it doesn't work like that but 20 minutes prayer, 20 minutes worship, 20 minutes word. That's an hour already. You can start timing yourself, and the more you fall in love with it, the longer it'll become. I'm starting a new thing where I'm signing off of Instagram at a certain time. I wanted to do a social media fast, but I got a media ministry, so I realized I can't really do that. But maybe I still will. I don't know. But I'm signing off at a certain time and the rest of my evening is devoted to Christ. I'll be watching sermons. I'm going to be reading. I'm going to be reading my Bible because I know I myself have got to go deeper. This ain't just for you. I need to get my weight up as well. If God is going to expand this thing, how he says he's expanding things, then my weight needs to be up. So ladies and gentlemen, I want us to get our weight up. I hope this message spoke to you. I hope that it taught you to put away childish things. Stop thinking like a child. Stop reasoning like a child. Stop thinking self. It's time that we think kingdom, take the time to do what we need to sustain it. Because as much as we have now, we still got next. And there's a whole generation of believers that's going to be looking up to us. We are supposed to dwell in the secret place, but many of us just visit. So get your weight up. You can't afford to be an oilless Christian. Until next time, sassy and safe, baby. I said a prayer this morning I prayed I would find a way to another day. I was so afraid till you came and said, You came and said me and the rain.